The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. We're the answers. Welcome to the Elsner, the production of Galactic Netcast. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Netcast programs, go to gncast.com. On Elsnerds, we will swear at you while telling you stuff that you probably don't want to know about. And it's just like one big kick to the jimmy. <laughs> to the jimmy. So, Corey, how you doing? We had last week off. Uh some of us had last week off. We had last week off from podcasting. I yes. was traveling. Uh, I'm sorry that I was not able to partake in the show. Uh, I'm home now, and I'm not able to partake in consciousness. But here I am. Podcasting while semi-conscious. It'll be great. Um, Yeah, and then also, I feel like I should also apologize because I just got last, the last episode, which we filmed two weeks ago up today and it was one of those like i'm like oh i should probably do that and i get it out i'm like i don't want to do anything i understand yeah. believe me i understand and uh it just it's understandable life life happens we are seeing that our illustrious leader at gn casts dave nelson is taking the month off because he's been kind of overwhelmed between work running the network married life he's still kind of a newlywed and everything else so it it happens it's understandable but we we're here we're trying to bring you something yeah i should say and you're gonna have to excuse while i share the whole screen because it's not gonna work and oh my gosh inception but i did also go to a garden place that had bonsai trees last week so that was freaking awesome these are some of the photos of the bonsai that i took and i'm like i was looking i'm like oh my gosh she's so beautiful um and i like that one because it looks like a forest yes i wonder how it runs <laughs> but no yes yeah, so um but yeah that's what i did last week on a day off where i could have been uploading editing all that stuff with the audio episode but instead i'm like yeah no i won't <laughs> gonna look at trees little yeah. teeny trees so i feel like a giant no yeah but it's one of those things like I read because they had a plaque on there explaining what, what bonsai is. And um, I'm so I'm sitting there. I started taking photos. And I'm like, you know, what? I want to enjoy this instead of just like sitting there going like my mom's going through click, click, click. I'm like, you're like a Japanese person touring America for the first time here. How racist. Click, click, click. Slightly. But. No, it was it was a great thing. It was like this you could do this driving, um you're mainly driving around, going to different places. And it quickly turned into a photo shoot with my niece. Cause you know, she's still that adorable baby stage. So it's like, oh, sit her here. Oh, she's playing with rocks, take the photo. Or oh, she's gonna eat the rock, take the photo, get the rock out of her mouth. Sort of deal. <laughs> yeah, my my week was spent in Rhode Island, so I I just, I had my first lobster roll. Nice. And it then you was, visited uh, Peter Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was, uh, it was an experience. I'd, I'd been there a couple of years ago when I first started at my job and this was my second time going, but last time 
it was, I had just started, I was being pulled around by one of the other IT people. So everything that was happening was kind of planned by somebody else. So this time I was on my own and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very different experience. Yeah. And East coast weather is, is like a, a punch to the throat as soon as you get off the airplane. Cause it was nice and cool out in California last week, apparently, and not in Rhode Island. It was 90 something degrees with humidity at mm-hmm. 174,000%. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes, that is what it's been like here in Michigan. Not that hot. It's been like low 80s to like low to mid 80s, sometimes reaching to the upper 80s, but then humid, so, so humid. We've it finally broken. We got some rain, so my grass does not look like it's yellow. It actually looks green, like grass is supposed to, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but this isn't grass talk or weather talk. You know, basically conversations you have in Michigan. Grass talk. You would think you'd go to pot at gncast.com, but <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly not. Yeah, but no, so we have some news before we get into our nerding outs, Um, and the first bit is in preparation for next week's San Diego Comic-Con, James Gunn has an announcement. If you're going to be at Hall H, there's going to be new technology that will help prevent piracy, Um, and they're in the form of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Now, they didn't didn't specify what it is. Um, The article from Comic Book Resources says that it could they could be testing out Apple's new patent that allows the company to turn off a user's cell phone camera at any time. What a gloriously, terrifically bad time to try to introduce that kind of technology. Considering that uh, this past week, I'm sorry for harping on bad news, we realized that having the ability to live broadcast is maybe life-saving, Mm-hmm. So to suddenly have the betrayal of your phone company uh, be like, hey, we're just going to shut your camera off because you might be sharing something that maybe you shouldn't, uh, even though it's being publicly shown and it's it's a goodwill well, thing. Uh, but fuck you, just in case you happen to be in the next room getting date raped or something and would like to capture who you're the person is that's doing it so that later on you can show it in a court of law. No, fuck that. Just in case you might see some footage of Guardians of Galaxy 2, we're going to just cut you off. If that's what this is. If that's what the, I have nothing to go add from that because you immediately went down the Fox News route. I went of, it's to a the reality slow. route of don't give me and don't sell me a fucking product and then start taking shit away from me in that product. And I, I, if that is even remotely possible that Apple is going to do that, fuck you in your asshole, Apple. Fuck you hard. Fuck you sideways. Fuck you with a BlackBerry because now, you don't deserve real phones up your ass. You deserve a preve. Now, I'm going to go one step and maybe I don't know. I don't know if the technology is out there. But what if it was instead of the technology to like that Apple has the patent on of shutting off a camera of when sort of like a QR code sort of thing that is on the screen embedded where that you can't see it, but yeah. then it 
then Absolutely. it shuts off. Hey, the let me come up with an even brighter concept, which is if you don't want people that you don't feel you can trust sharing this footage, don't fucking show it. That's a it's, reasonable way to think. It's it's kind of like, that, hey, we're doing this to hype up the movie, but God damn it, we really don't trust you, our fans, to not show this off. And I understand why, because that's exactly what they want to do. On the other hand, it helps hype your fucking movie. Um, but if it's such a big thing that you're going to be all butthurt about it, then don't do it. We can wait to see the trailer like the old days of when it just fucking showed up on TV one day. You don't have to give me a pre, pre, pre hand job at trailer thing before it fucking comes out for nine months. I like when the movie's going to come out in a month, I'll go see the goddamn movie. I don't need to know anything until then. That's fine. I'm okay with that. That's how it's worked for years. But all this bullshit of now we got to worry about hiding shit from people in Hall H because you didn't pay to get into Comic-Con. Like it's so fucking easy to do and it's not super fucking expensive and it's not like a fucking rat race to try to get around in that goddamn place anyways. No, fuck you. We're also going to make it so your equipment doesn't work or just so you feel like a complete and utter asshole that maybe just because you're a fan Fuck you anyways, people. We don't want anybody else seeing this shit. So eat a dick. Eat a thousand dicks. <laughs> I thought, okay. So for those of you guys who had the over-under on Corey's rant at a half hour, you lose. Um, but no, so. By the I'm way, this is presuming a lot of things. It's yes. presuming that it's some technology thing that Apple may or may not be working on. And that is, it is just a guess and i don't know that that's yeah. i wouldn't even consider that they were doing that yeah. until this story well it, um, it's, it's, a, it's just a speculation it's just a speculation yeah. from the author so please direct all hate mail to the art to the author of the article are <laughs> <laughs> they like what did we fucking do man no it's yeah it's not like this the... is bleeding cool we didn't just make shit up we're just no, guessing but no because here's honestly here's my thinking with this is it's going to be if it is that okay you do fall under like you did you when you went with the full fox news oh it's a slippery slope uh thing it's not a slippery slope it's bullshit you can't you can't jam cell phones that's illegal that is widely Mm -hmm. illegal so you then decide well we can jam the camera in people's phones that they own in quotation marks uh but we can just kind of decide at the last minute hey we don't want that feature to work but even then that's only less than 50 percent of the devices that's only however many or that's how, how many devices are... but at the same time it's if if this is a big if and i don't believe for a second that it's actually remotely true but if that were the case it would be apple in bed with marvel or with Comic-Con, with some other company deciding how you get to use your technology, and that I, would be complete and utter bullshit. See, I look at this in a different way. I think because for those of you who forget, there is a little website out there called Comic-Con HQ. One of the things that they branded is that there would be, you know, from the Comic-Cons that, you know, the Comic-Con people do, so... Comic-Con, WonderCon, I think even New York City Comic-Con um, was included in there. The panels would be on their website. You would see live, like, or I don't, I don't know if they said live videos, or but you'd see videos of the panels. So 
what if they had extra security and i'm not just talking for the marvel panel i'm talking for every single hall h panel that you have that they that if they see you know they see this coming up like that whew, yeah they come why over. not just have vin diesel run up and down the aisles with a fucking samurai sword at that point he well, wants to be an Highlander. Why not just have him run around and be like, fuck you, you little asshole. And I'm responsible for what happened to Paul Walker. You don't understand. I will take you out. So you, it sounds like you're like, don't do anything sort of deal. I, because- I feel like if you're at a point where you're so goddamn worried that people are going to show shaky cam footage of what little bit you have to show at Comic-Con to get people hyped up to go see your movie. And I love James Gunn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not pointing at James Gunn about this. I'm not really pointing at anybody about this because this is a bunch of speculative bullshit. But if you have that big of a problem, then you don't show it. It's very simple. Nobody can go and share something that isn't shown to them. Nobody can bleed off details and stuff or write blogs about things if they haven't seen it. God damn it. It's not like we're going and raiding Marvel's vaults and and breaking into United Artists or anything to get movie footage for shit. It's like, here's a bunch of people. Here's somebody that we want to fucking show movies to. And oh, but by the way, to show you this, uh, we have your super secret pinky swear you in. And uh, if you accidentally let this slip to anybody well we're gonna have to come and kill your parents that's just it but that's how you make superheroes that's how you make superheroes you kill their parents <laughs> that's how you make batman and yeah. superman and feelers but no. I, let, let's start counting down the amount of dead parents <laughs> superheroes out there um Peter but Parker no. had to sell his soul to the devil or sell his marriage to the devil to be able to keep his one fucking Anne alive. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, because I that's I, I honestly think I and I'm going to say it again that it's more the Hall H people, not Marvel, not any one studio in particular, but it's, you know, it's the event planners. So it's, you know, the Comic-Con International people who are doing this. James Gunn is very active on Twitter and, and social media, so he said it and all that. And I I honestly think it's just gonna be there's gonna be more people in there saying, Hey, don't show it. And I use this I use this analogy because since I work in retail, Corey, you've worked in retail, you know how how big of a pain of an ass it is to return something or to have people return stuff because you know, like my grandma's told me when she because she worked customer service desk at Meyer michigan reference for you folks um and she she had people who returned shirts that you could clearly tell they wore i'm talking pit stains it smelled so horrible yet she had to return it well enough people do that and you get the shirts or you know the underwear that's got the skin marks in there and all that stuff eventually meyer's going to change their policy and say okay no clothes returned unless they have all their tags on and you have a receipt sort of deal same thing with medicine you can't you can't accept medicine if it's open you know, regardless of if they walk outside, open it up, go, I needed the 250 uh, ibuprofen, not the 50 sort of deal, and then walk back in. It's like, nope, sorry, you could have tampered with it. We can't take it or, you know, anything like that, you know, and this is it. It's the bad few little individuals that are spoiling it for the rest of us, the rest yeah. of the people. 
But again, this is something where they've chosen that this is how they're going to leak stuff out. They they're making this thing available to people. And so just don't just don't make it available. It, it the only what happened when we got a little teeny bit of footage from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody went nuts and started saying, wow, DC really better fucking catch up because Marvel is making something that looks badass and it stars a talking tree and a raccoon. And that elevated the entirety of people wanting to see the movie. It elevated Marvel overall by showing how far ahead they were of DC. It pushed DC to think through. And that's probably why, you know, I'm not excited about a lot of the DC films, but Suicide Squad coming out looks to be more evocative of Guardians of the Galaxy than any of the other Marvel stuff and certainly any of the DC stuff we've seen so far. So I just think, yeah, it's it's the it's DRM. It's digital rights management for music and Blu-rays and everything else. And it's trying to create something that is basically just pissing on the consumer, pissing on the fan to fix a problem that it's not going to fix. It's not going to actually correct anything. It's just going to disenfranchise the people who are into your shit. And if it's just if it's just a sheet or something that or a filter that goes over it. So when you try to record it, it comes out white. Fine. You know, if that's what you feel like you have to do, that's fine. But it's not like it hurt Guardians of the Galaxy sales in the theater at all or its success on DVD and Blu-ray or on cable or wherever else. It's not like it was a hindrance to have that footage leak. It's not like it's been like that for anything. And Marvel themselves have shown great senses of humor mm-hmm. when things have gotten leaked and they've gone, God damn it, Hydra, you know, and they've just, they've rolled with the punches because they understand that at the end of the day, people are excited because they're making great product. So again, I'm not saying this is Marvel. It sounds like it may be Comic-Con themselves. Yeah. And Comic-Con is already fucking bullshit. And has lost a lot of the fans because it's gotten too big mm-hmm. and it's gotten to ignore comics entirely almost. And it's just made it harder and harder for people who love this stuff to actually get to go. And then you go, but you can't get into these panels to see these things and you can't get around and you wind up having a heat stroke and dealing with smelly butts all day. <laughs> you know, fuck you. You're not the greatest game in town at the end of the day. For the five seconds of leaked footage that we would have seen, there probably would have been too gray to pick out what it actually was. It was like scrambled porn on cable in the 80s. It doesn't matter because the next day Marvel's going to release it to the web anyways I don't think because it, be it doesn't want to piss off its fans. I but this don't is think, not going to make them look good. I honestly don't think it's going to be Marvel. I think it's Comic-Con HQ. Right, I but th- I'm I saying yeah. Marvel's going to have to be the ones who have to correct for this. Yeah. Because Comic-Con HQ is trying to control this shit and it's not going to work. It's it's like anything else. The harder you fight to keep people in line because you feel like they're taking advantage of you, the less likely they are to support you in the long run. You're, and see, it, you're, it's, it's like Netflix, man. Netflix works really well because it's easy and it tries to make things simple and inexpensive or at least reasonably priced 
for people to enjoy streaming the stuff online. And that's become a big success when we were all used to just downloading movies for free without paying her eight or nine bucks a month because that's just that was our only choice for a long time. And the companies fought it and fought it and fought it. And then we see that when a company comes along and doesn't fight it, but builds on it and says, hey, we're going to give you guys this. We're going to make these caveats. We're going to try to bring you the best content at a good price and make it as simple for everybody to do it. Then people will pay for it and people will and that's what play by easy rules. This is the exact opposite of that. This is the same thing as the companies that didn't want to digitally sell music for years until Apple came along and handed their ass to them. And the people who didn't want to stream movies for years. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, uh, Apple again did this through iTunes and then all these other people started doing it and it worked out really well. This is the same mentality. This is the, oh, we're going to put a block on this and then it's going to fuck it up. Because the the fucking HQ bullshit, Comic-Con, nobody's going to buy your shit. Nobody's going to buy your shit. Nobody's going to join your fucking service because you're trying to do shit already that is going to piss people off. I don't know. No, you're jumping way too far to conclusions. And now, now hear me out here for this, because what I think they're going to, they're doing is they're doing something like, um, if you remember Colleen from when she worked at Twitch, she had that hat that it would distort her face. You know, it would, it's like some like hacker hat thingy that, you know, whenever you, she came across on camera, you just saw a big white orb. Right. You, you know, I, that, I understand what the technology is. Yeah, That's what I think they're going to do because they're going to put out better quality stuff. Yeah, you know, but, forget the whole, you know, fuck the whole convenience trumping fidelity thing, because one of the things from watching Marvel when they do the their live streams, like they're, you know, for they, I know they do it for New York Comic Con. I think they did it for yeah, they do it for San Diego Comic Con last year, too. And when they had the Daredevil, they showed the Daredevil panel in a, in a repeat, you know, to fill up content when there wasn't anything there. And the audio was horrible because it was pick it was like it was picking up the micro some of the microphones were just what you got from that everyone else was hearing and but the you camera don't was in- need to block it to put out the better version that's what i'm saying if there's a better version out there that's where people are going to go but to create this false ideal and and to try to block it first that's just going to piss off the fans it, it's it, it's it it's unnecessary. Put... It's an unnecessary step. It's creating a problem where one doesn't exist because nobody wants to see a shaky cam video in a theater. We want to see the best quality movie that we can. But people watch those shaky cam things that they download because they can't just buy the movie to download it right then. And they don't want to go to the theater. And some people, yes, want to stream it for free. And that sucks. And I agree. You know, people should pay for the content. But we're talking about movie previews. We're talking yeah. about commercials. It's a fucking commercial, you know, and I don't want to have to jump through hoops to watch something that is trying to sell me something. So why does it matter? Why does it matter that somebody shaky cams this thing if you're going to just give us the better version of it right away? And that's what needs to be done. It's do the preview at Comic-Con, but then in the next 10 minutes, release it out to the web for everybody. But th- I think that might be the problem is it might not be a 10 minute thing, you know, because if, if they're going to do if and this is just me speculating on this point. But if they are going to do, you know, this really good, you know, to where, it, 
you know, where what you've seen, I think what they showed last year with like the uh, DC superhero or the DC TV uh, panel that they did, um, where you could, you had, they had the multiple camera angles. That's going to take a little bit of time to get together to, and, and all that stuff, you know, to get it all looking good and where you're not seeing. Um, and so again, I say, if that's not what you're able to present and you don't feel like it's up to snuff, then why show it at all? I think they're going to, they will, but it's going to take a week. That's you know, because, what, but again, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. showing something there. For so the people the, who show the problem, the, the problem is, is that they want to blow their wad at Comic-Con and have this small group get to see it, but then not share it with, with the rest of the fans who can't be at Comic-Con until later on when they polish their knobs on it. No, fuck you. Because if it's if it's bullshit, then we'll look at it and go, well, it's the same bullshit that the people at Comic-Con are seeing. I don't see what the big deal is. Either it's exciting or it's not. But if you don't have the pride in the product that you're putting out there I'm in the first place. The, the movie's getting polished. I'm talking about the panels. Right. Well, what the yeah. fuck? Who cares? Me. I don't need a if, panel. If I'm, watching, if I'm watching a panel with, with John Brown But you Steve, get to Steve choose to wait. You yeah. know, if it, but you get the choice. You get the choice to wait or not. What I'm saying is, is that everybody else is there and they're getting one experience and you're hoping that they're going to tune it up and make it nicer and everything. That's great and all. But what does it fucking matter then if the shittier experience is out there first, if then people are still going to gravitate to the better one later on? I honestly, I don't know because, right. but at <laughs> because the same it time, doesn't it's... hurt a goddamn thing. It's not like they didn't sell out at Comic Con. It's not like the tickets don't sell out immediately when they go on sale. It's not like the hotels and everything don't sell out immediately so that people are in a fucking feeding frenzy trying to get into this thing. Creators can't get into this thing. So they're not losing money. They're just looking like dicks needlessly. Yeah. That's a problem. I don't know. Uh, leave your thoughts in the comments down below or uh, mail us mail at elsenerds.com um, for your comments on that story and or Corey's rant. <laughs> By the way, James Gunn, I love you. I love your stuff. Same here. I loved I loved Super. And it was great casting with Rain Wilson because he was freaking hilarious on this week's episode of Roadies. Sorry. Um, oh, by the way, Corey, I'm going to say this on, on the show. You need to watch Roadies. Rain Wilson was in the third episode. It's freaking stole the show. Um, so anyways, on to the second news story here. Um, John Barrowman will now appear in all CW superhero shows for the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he signed on it to uh, as a series to be a series regular across all the shows, much like Wentworth Miller did with for his character Captain Cold. Um the wording on that seems a little weird, ser like series regular. So that to me screams like they're going to be like you you're, you're going to see the the captions down at the bottom where they say like starring Stephen Amell uh, uh, fl uh, whoever Felicity uh, Smoka, Emily Betricards, um, you know all those characters, and then it's going to be John Barrowman, but yet he won't appear in the show. That's what that says to me. Well, I mean, I think that's what they mean, and why they're signing him up for across all the shows. It's giving somebody a contract like they're a regular on one series, except instead of having it just be on one series, they appear across multiple things. It's similar to what they've done with 
Samuel Jackson in the Marvel movies is Nick Fury. He doesn't have to show up in all of them, but his contract is we're going to get you for this much footage time, this many hours, you're going to show up however many times and stuff. And it goes across multiple films. So as Malcolm Merlin, yeah, he spends a lot of time on Arrow, but maybe we've we've kind of had enough of that a little bit and they want to spread the wealth a little. And so instead of having him just be an Arrow, spend a couple episodes on Flash, spend a couple episodes on Supergirl or Legends of Tomorrow. But he still gets paid like he's a series regular. It's a way yeah. of saying, okay, you're as valuable to us as the person who plays Firestorm or as the person who plays Cisco or the person who plays, you know, who else is on Arrow? Thea. Um, but we're not going to keep you one in place. Yeah. It, it's kind of like being a district manager. Uh, at, <laughs> if you're going to go back to the retail thing. You're a manager but you're not stuck to one store. You go over multiple stores. So no one place gets all of your attention, but you you spread it around and you're valuable to all of them. Um, and in some ways, even more valuable than some of the people who are there all the time. But at the same time, they're going to have things and experience things differently than you are because they're there all the time. And you're going to see things from a different perspective because you're all over the place. Yeah. Um, I had the thought, earlier like, like as you were talking about what if john barrowman's not going to be on as malcolm merlin but he's going to come in on legends and be captain jack harkness oh <laughs> just basically like take over like from rory's spot where he became the doctor who of legends of tomorrow yeah that would be that'd be okay he i'd be all right with that legends of tomorrow needs some help it was a, it was a tough first season I mean, mm-hmm. it had a lot of potential, and it kind of it bled a dry. Yeah. Uh, not as bad as Arrow did, but and that's that's probably the best the best part about this for me is that John Barrowman, who I like a lot, uh, although not my favorite role that he's done, um, but I'll be able to see him in shows that I enjoy a little bit more. Uh, it's too bad they can't spread it out to other things, like have him show up in Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, or Supernatural, which I don't watch, but I might if he was on it. Yeah. No, I'll tell you right now, Supernatural was an interesting show when it from when I, I started, or when it started, because I'm like, wait, what's Oliver Queen doing on this other show? You know, because he, he had just got done on Smallville as, uh, as Oliver Queen, and he's over there, I'm like, wait, what? Like, the, the short-haired brother. I, I don't know their names. Jensen Ackles? Yeah. No, he was an Oliver Queen. He was he was the boyfriend, I thought, of... Was he the boyfriend? I of Lana Lang in the first season. Yeah. I think I, that's the case. Yeah. It's, it's Supernatural started long enough ago that... No, he was... Wasn't he Aqua... Wasn't he Aquaman in the pilot? <sighs> huh. That may be what it was. Yeah. I don't remember now. All these fucking teenagers <laughs> blended <laughs> in together. Uh, no, you may be right. It may be that he was supposed to be Aquaman, and then they got a different guy to play Aquaman later on. No, he was he was Jason Teague in Smallville, and then plays currently plays uh, Dean on uh, su- on Supernatural. Right. 
Yeah, I think he was the boyfriend of Lana Lang in the first couple seasons. And then the guy who played Green Arrow on Smallville later on was originally the guy who played Aquaman in the pilot That's for that show. He came in as Green Arrow, and then they got a different guy to play Aquaman on the show later. That's a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Remember when Smallville was all we had? And then we got Birds of Prey. And uh, I don't remember Birds of Prey. You shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched it. I watched the whole season. It it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it really wasn't good either. It was, <laughs> it was kind of a real mess. But it had Harley Quinn um, yeah. back before she was blowing up everywhere. So it's a precursor to a lot of these things. It had the Huntress. It had a Huntress. But she was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. And it had a really great person playing uh, Barbara Gordon as Oracle. And they sh- did show her in a Batgirl outfit at one point. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. So the third and final bit of news that we have is the Russo brothers um, are developing the a new series for Netflix, or not for Netflix, for Hulu, uh, based on the movie and book, The Warriors. Um, and so this is pretty cool especially if you liked the old um the old uh the movie the warriors or or the book and it sounds like it's gonna be the same premise from from the movie just sort of stretched out a little bit yeah we talked about this a little bit before the show now it's been a long time since i've seen the warriors but it was a 1979 film uh the guy in it was actually in xanadu um, so I have a love for it for totally different reasons, but it it's cool because what it was, it was these guys that were in this gang and they got framed and had all the other gangs in town coming after them. And they were trying to get back to their home turf alive and all these different gangs were showing up. And the, that was kind of what made it interesting was that all the different gangs had different motifs. Uh, and at the same time, these guys, you were rooting for them, but it was just like, what's going to happen to the next? And it was really cool and creepy. They did a PlayStation 2 game a few years ago based around it where they kind of retold it. And I'm just, I'm not sure if they're planning on doing this as a period piece, if it's also going to take place in the 70s, or they could do it and modernize it and do it in something like, today but will it be as cool or will they do something like post-apocalyptic there's a lot of different directions you can go in where you can take this premise and and move up with it but the thing is is that the russo brothers know how to tell story yeah uh know how to make great action in their films but not just action when they give you action there is a reason for it and there's an emotional attachment and that i think can work really well for what is you know what was a great concept to begin with and how to bring it on to the next level plus we talked about this too um in this article on screengeek.net uh the guy's like i just don't see how you can take this and match the original's underdog spirit it just can't happen Uh, i call bullshit on that because one of the best shows that i've seen the last couple of years was the tv adaptation of fargo which was not really retelling the original Fargo movie, although the first season was closer to that. But who ever thought in their in their mind that you could take Fargo by the Coen brothers and turn that into a TV show and do it justice? 
you know, do something that was near as good and stretch it out to a bunch of episodes. But the first season was great, was really, really good TV. And the second season just blows it away. It goes to an even higher level. Now, I'm not saying that it's necessarily as good as the film or not. I mean, I think there are, there are things you can say for both individually. But that second season was so good and so far apart from what Fargo itself, the original story was, but still keeping with the spirit of it and the quirkiness and the acting and everything else and just giving you so much more. And I think that these guys have the potential, uh, if they get the right team on board, to be able to do something like that. Now, we have nostalgia for the Warriors, just like there's nostalgia for things like the Ghostbusters movie and other things that maybe I grew up with that have gotten remade. And I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this to the Ninja Turtles, you stupid assholes? But <laughs> nostalgia can only go so far. And sometimes yeah. maybe you see things through the the historic lens that's a little bit rose colored and it's not as great as what you remember it but it means something different to you than to the people today who would just watch it for the first time like i saw labyrinth as an adult and i don't have the love of labyrinth as a lot of my friends my age do who saw it when they were younger uh because their imaginations were a little bit more pure and they were open to it and they believed in it more and, you know, at the time, it, it felt more vibrant and alive. And it's still a great movie to me, but it's not my childhood like it is to them. And I'm never going to say that it's not a, a good film. It absolutely is a good film. But they see it differently because of when they saw it. And I think The Warriors is the same thing. If you saw The Warriors years ago, even in the 80s, growing up as a kid, like all my friends watched The Warriors and stuff it felt different than I think a kid watching the warriors today is going to go, what the hell is this shit? Um, maybe not. Maybe they'll still get something out of it, but they probably won't get the same experience that we did when we were kids. So updating it, but being true to it while still throwing in some originality to it. I think it has potential to be a great project. I just can't wait for the scene where Jim Rath or Jim Rash comes out with the pot bottles on his hand, just clinking them together going, warriors. He absolutely could do justice to it. And I hope they give him another scene where he gets a fight in an elevator because that was so awesome. Yeah. God community was so good. I saw that Dan Harmon is doing some Dungeons and Dragons thing where uh, he's playing with a yeah, bunch of people. Of like, uh, I don't remember who all was in it, but a lot of really good people. And then they're animating it. Uh, their adventures on top of it. It just looks so good. Yeah, that's the. I believe that's the second part to the Harmontown podcasts. Yeah, how it started is they would do the regular like podcasty thing, and then they're like, okay, that's done. Now we're gonna do a Harmon quest, essentially. Yeah, it's um, it's awesome. Yeah, but that is it for the news. And so now it is time to nerd out. And I realize right now I had many choices in my nerding out. And I chose the most recent, well, one of the most recent things that I nerded out on. And this is the new, uh, the new movie from DC, well, latest movie from DC animation. And this is Justice League versus the Teen Titans. Um, and this is a freaking really great movie. I mean, I enjoy, I really loved the movie. Um, you have, and first off, I'm going to say that like 
seeing all the things about the movie as it was being like developed and written and made and all that stuff, I expected things different. Like I expected, okay, in this in this universe, um, like Starfire is a teenager, is why she's on the Teen Titans, not she's Professor Xavier, sort of deal. Like they allude to, they do a great thing in alluding to the fact that there were Teen Titans before, or you know there was a group beforehand. Um, with Corey and, or with Starfire and uh, Nightwing, in there, um, sort of deal because they hint at the relationship, which is really great. Really, I love, I I loved that aspect of it. It was really quick, just a little Easter egg for people. Um, and the plot was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't based on any comic book storyline. Um, you know, not like how Justice League War was based on the first volume of justice league from the new 52 or you know anything like that but it told a really great story of raven um basically having to beat her father um and damien having to learn how to be on a team and you know and the hilarity hilarity ensuing that way um I have yeah, to say, it, yeah, I have to isn't say this, this closer to what the Teen Titans team is going to be now in the new DC Rebirth stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is, but it isn't because it's, you know, it's Damien. It's Damien forming the Teen Titans and all that stuff, um, which they just wrapped up last or two weeks ago um, with the Teen Titans book that they were doing. And it had a great wrap up. Um, the the what was it Teen Titans Annual Two, I believe. Um, but I have to say this: there is a con to this movie for me. Um, and it was: did you know that that Starfire was a member of of Sailor Moon? <laughs> what? She's so they, there's this scene where they're out enjoying, you know, trying to be a better bonding by being a better team. But so they go to a, an amusement park. Um, like, like, you know, like a carnival sort of deal and, uh, beast boy and Damien are basically doing a dance dance revolution battle when some of Trigon, who's the big bad, um, Raven's father, um, they come in to cause havoc and, you know, steal Starfire or not Starfire, uh, Raven. Um, and so they do, she does the Titans go. And all that, and so you see the transformation. Well, the way she transforms because she's wearing you know normal street clothes is she glows green, and her the clothes that she's norm, that she normally wears bursts off her. So you see green silhouette, naked Starfire, and then her uniform, which is all purple, comes in. You know, starting from down here, and it goes down over, and and d- does like this leotard thing where it shows like, oh, guess what? She's wearing a, a unitard thong or a leotard thong there, and then the skirt pops out, and like. This is Sailor Moon. You know, it's just like what Sailor Moon does a transformation sort of deal. I guess if you're going to do it with anybody, let me rephrase yeah. that. Uh, I guess <laughs> if you're going to utilize that transformation scene with anybody in the DC universe, it makes the most sense with Starfire. Yeah. But it was just weird that they had. Well, but it did bring a little bit of funny to it as well, because you then go from her to uh, the Jaime Reyes a blue beetle where it's just like the beetle pops up off of his back um and then you know forms the armor and then beast boy was just similar thing where he like 
he basically like takes off his shirt and he's got he's wearing the uniform underneath and then rawr and sort of deal and you know he turns into a beast then you cut to robin so he's going back to the car to get his sword he's like and the door is locked he's like dang it punches the window open to get out his sword so it, it did serve that little bit of comedic purpose there but it was also like really starfire sailor moon here <laughs> um but and then there was another little thing that um i didn't like like there will you will if if you watch the movie you will pick up on some uh some like like the the writing thing like oh the, i could pre- predict this is coming up ne- or this is going to be coming up um but overall it was really enjoyable um at, when i started watching it i was because i was thinking you know i'm going to talk about this on the show and i'm sitting there going okay how is this going to rank on the kid scale because it's something i typically do with the with the dc animated movies um you know is it is it kid friendly and at first it was and then the transformation with starfire happened and i'm like mm, i don't think it's gonna be that friendly um and then they get to raven's origin story and i mean origin story um because you dang near see conception um and Good times yeah um her mother was a demon fucker <laughs> but and it's like but you don't see anything but you know it shows and i'm like probably wouldn't be kid friendly for those reasons alone and they, you know they swear and stuff but the other movies you know like uh oh the like the green lantern movie you know they swore a little bit justice league war they swore a little bit but it wasn't ever you know it, it's it wasn't you know batman assault on arkham level of stuff or batman the killing joke which is, I think, the next one coming out, sort of deal. But I mean, overall, it was enjoyable. Um, I can't compare it to the comic books because there's no really, never, never really any, anything. It's not based on any of the comic books. Although I will say, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was Raven the original Raven in uh, the comics? Was she an empath? Um, yeah, essentially, she okay. had empathic. She had a, a soul self thing that would come out, but it, it was more built around empathy and things that her power is related to. It wasn't really the witchcraft stuff that you started seeing in the Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she was a the daughter of a demon, it was a little bit different from that. Yeah. No, because it's and they so it is, you know, like essentially the Teen, the teen Titans version of Raven. Um, in that aspect, um, voice acting is really good. Um, I want to say Sean Astin voiced the Flash, because it sounded like they had a different actor for the Flash than what they they've had. Uh, no, it was Christopher Gorham who uh, I forget what he was in Harper's Landing or something. Some some made for TV event that they did a few years ago on CBS that was Harper's Harper's Island, uh, which was actually really good, and he was also. The blind guy Augie on Covert Affairs on USA That's Network. It. Yeah. Um, but oh, another one was because it, it opens up, um, similarly to uh, Captain America: Civil War, where you don't see like any animation stuff or you know any opening things. It's just boom action. Um, and it opens up with Lex Luthor, Solomon Grundy, Cheetah, and Weather Wizard. Um, and Toy Master fighting the Justice League. Solomon Grundy never said his uh, poem thing. You know, Solomon Grundy born on a Monday thing. 
I, they made him sound like the Hulk. Yeah. Which he, he's he's sort of DC's villainous Hulk type character. Yeah, uh, but every time it was, but I mean, no, like Grundy smash. I'm like, really? I thought Grundy was more, you know, Solomon Grundy born on a Monday. Um, read that whole thing for the first time in comics this past week too, by the way. I, Grundy's gone through several different incarnations. Has he? Okay. Uh, he's been more mindless at times. He's been less of that. He's been more intelligent. He's been sort of a tortured soul. Uh, there's there's different versions. This is actually written. Uh, it was co-written by Brian Q. Miller, who did one of my favorite runs of comics ever with the Stephanie Brown back roll uh, stuff that was pre New Fifty Two, and co-written with uh, Alan Burnett, who has of course worked on the Batman the Animated Series on back going forward. So some some pretty good people who understand these characters very well. Uh, and some great voice actors. Rosario Dawson playing Wonder Woman. Already mentioned Christopher Gorham as the Flash. Shamar Moore as Cyborg. Jerry O'Connell as Superman. Jason Amara, who I think has played Batman a few times in these animated it, things. It, Jason Omara, who again, I, I said this when he had his USA Network show. His work in the DC Universe stuff has ruined me from watching him in anything live because when he has to play american i immediately go oh he's playing batman he's playing his bruce wayne <laughs> batman voice um but yeah he it's like him and uh kevin conroy are the only only two who are gonna i think who are, who are gonna the only two who are gonna do uh, batman and the animated stuff anymore and john barenthal played trigon which i knew john barenthal was in there but i couldn't tell who it was and he but he still did a great um did a great version of trigon um but yeah it's great casting all around um to be completely honest um and yeah so so do you think this is going to lead into more teen titans cartoon stuff or is it just this is the aside i hope so because and i never realized god i can't say that's a spoiler but Something with Raven was off, and then the way they fixed it made it for they left it open for sequels, which I would love for them to further explore this. You know, bring in, um, oh no, I wonder if you could tie it in with Young Justice. So I was just thinking, like, bring in Aqualad, but then it's like, could we tie it in with it with young justice well i mean that's the thing is that young justice is a different continuity yeah all of these movies have kind of started since the new 52 came out now the new 52 is sort of phase shifted into what is dc rebirth some things have stayed a lot of things have changed and the question is do they want to try to realign the animated series stuff or do they want to continue on the path that they've already introduced with these versions of the characters and go forward yeah, and I, I think I think what that they've done a good thing here with they're not focused on staying like every movie has to be based on a you know a story from the comics because you know you're eventually you're gonna run out or you're gonna start repeating the same stories. Um so you know you could you could take inspiration from certain things. But I think they're more focusing on telling, you know, more original stories. So I think it's like, you know, th- these are our characters. 
and you, you can usually tell who's if it's the if it's what storyline it's through with who the voice actors are you know like you got kevin conroy and mark hamill doing excuse me doing batman joke. And joker where, yeah in the killing joke so you so you can almost say oh yeah this is some of the older this is gonna be more tied in with more of the older stuff well i mean we definitely as usual happens with dc stuff is it's leaned pretty heavily on batman and we've seen batman and robin son of batman batman bad blood and now they're introducing damien into running the the teen titans so batman and robin are in this too it 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 seems like that's 90% of their focus still winds up being on those characters. There's been a couple of Justice League things uh, that are in the continuity. Uh, Gods and Monsters doesn't really count, but Throne of Atlantis and War. But it still feels very Batman heavy, and I'd like to see them break out of that. And I think with this, it's going to happen because of the fact that this is the th- uh, what fourth story where... We have Damian Wayne being the same, like say, like the same, like knucklehead. I don't want to, you know, I refuse to give in. And then, oh, I need to give in, sort of deal, you know. And then you go to the next movie. I refuse. Why are you having me on the sidelines? And then, oh, I re- need to realize I need to be a team player. You know, he's. It's like he's having to be learn by making these big mistakes, sort of deal. And, and, you know, being disciplined as opposed to being, you know, like eventually you'd feel like he'd hit or this reaching point of, oh, I'm not going to be what my grapple wanted me to be with, with Rachel Gould. And I'm not going to be, you know, and I, I'm, and I need to listen more to who my teachers are sort of, sort of thing is what, is what I'm thinking has to happen with these next stories. Um, which is sort of where I'm hoping what they do with more Justice League. Hell, bring in Green, bring bring back Green Lantern because I think isn't Green Lantern voiced recently by Nathan Fillion? Uh, he had been, I think, in the old continuity. I don't know if yeah. they used him in this current version, but yeah, I mean, there's there's still lots of potential, and they're going to, I assume, start trying to match up to the new DC movies at some point. Because that seems like that's going to be where the bread and butter is, is if these movies start seeing more and more success, the animated series stuff is going to be the the interspersed things between that, the storylines that they're not going to do in the big budget films, but they still want to put out there for the kids, maybe not the kids kids, but the the general audience to get to see as well. Yeah, Um I could I could see that, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think only DC would really know what they're. I almost said only Marvel would know. Um, but I think you know only really DC was is going to know what you know what they have planned. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, and the problem is, is the animation stuff. It's not quick. It's not like they can just, oh, well, DC pivoted on this way with Superman, so we'll make this Superman animated film that goes along with that. It's like, by the time you do that, oh, we pivoted again on Superman, 
And now there's a completely different Superman in the comics than what there was when we started this. Well, that's where I feel like a little bit, it's been a little bit of, you have two teams, sort of like what they used to do with, um, well, still do with the Call of War or Call of Duty games, um, where you had Infinity Ward working on one game and then um, uh, Treyarch working on the other. And, so, and they would alternate. You know, this year is the Infinity Ward game. Next year's the Treyarch uh, produced game. And so I feel like that's what they got here with the DC animated stuff is you have this team working on this story. And so you see their, like, if you go by their release schedule, it sort of jumps, you know, every other is the story continuing and it, but it, and it sucks that they've been focused more on Batman and then the justice league, as opposed to bringing in, and they're bringing in all these characters, but they're not really expanding on them. Like they could now go throw in Teen Titans here. They could throw in, you know, they, like keep keep like expand on the Bat family since you have you, you introduced Batwoman and threw in the Easter egg of Batgirl, and you know, re- bring back you know these other characters that you've focused in on, like like uh, Hal Jordan or. You know any like any of the Green Lantern stuff because I would love to see a brightest day done in the DC animated stuff. You know, I, I mean, think that's a cool. lot to try to work into one movie. That would have to be oh, wait, break it up. It'd be amazing if they did a trilogy of that. But they also they kind of need to know going in if this is something that's going to actually sell. And didn't they have a Green Green Lantern animated series? Did they approach brightest day in that at all? I don't think they did. I know they, they definitely had, had Red Lanterns as part of it. Yeah, they had the other lanterns in there, but it was like ma- with mainly the red lanterns. I think they would have if it like it was more of a on down the road plan for that. It is what it would have been because it, they weren't setting up right away because they were mainly just like, oh, we have the red lanterns as the villains and we capture one. And they like begrudgingly friend us because they got exiled by the red lanterns or something like that. Um, is the last animated Green Lantern animated series I remember. Um, but I don't know. I think that'd be great. Or you know, any other like you know, focus in on Nightwing. You know, do Grayson so, or something like that. You know, like there's a lot of great stuff that they could do from the comics, and even like great characters that they could focus in on. You know, like they did one thing with the Suicide Squad. Why not do another? I mean, they might. It depends on how the movie does. Suicide Squad could be the next animated series. It's just the question is, is because of the content and because of the the rating of it and how it looks, is it kid friendly enough? Is it something that they're going to be comfortable enough to make into something like that? Now, doing a Suicide Squad animated series that lands on Adult Swim could be very intriguing, Um, just like they could do that. Marvel could do something like that with Deadpool. But when you when you try to cross over, when you try to have that crossover appeal, it can blow up in your face because they're doing things that are very adult with these characters and trying to mix them in with non-adult things. Well, I don't know. I mean, Superman does break people's necks. But in general, it seems like maybe they want to bring the films more to a, a PG-13 level and 
some of the things involved don't quite land on that PG-13 level. They go a little bit more adult. But we'll yeah. have to see. All right, so my nerding out is done, but you're nerding out over something else. i am got a nice little touchy device. I don't game very much. Uh, I've owned a lot seconds. of gaming consoles. But these days, uh, like last year, I got myself a desktop computer, and the desktop computer was more machine than I needed. And I've had for a long time a Steam account. And I don't I don't jump onto Steam all the time, play a lot of stuff. One year, I think I was taking a trip somewhere, and I decided to buy Portal on Steam randomly and tried to play it in the airplane. It didn't work out on my laptop. And I am the kind of guy who feels a little bit more comfortable using a controller than a mouse and keyboard for certain styles games. Uh, if I'm playing a shooter, I want a controller. I don't know why. I know that the, the mouse and keyboard is more accurate usually, but there's just something about leaning back and and having something in your hands and being comfortable as opposed to being leaned forward and trying to play like, I, like I'm typing up a spreadsheet. Same so thing. I, it's like that with Rocket League too. Yeah. Like Rocket League is one where you need the controller just because, and it's not even like, a, oh, you're more accurate with, the keyboard it's you if you ever play rocket league and you're on keyboard and mouse and you see people flying through the air and you're like how do you do that i can't do that it's because you're on keyboard and they're on a controller right yeah it's just there's something about it and so i've been going back and forth well do i just want to get something that's going to hook up one of my playstation controllers to my tv or one of my xbox controllers to my computer or whatever and there happened to be a sale going on. Steam, Steam was doing their own sales. So I finally, I'd seen it in long enough, I got the Steam controller. And nice. it's pretty sharp. I mean, it feels really comfortable. The only thing that is tough is that as you're going through and using it, it's different layouts for different games. And the buttons don't always seem to make sense to me, but that's the point of this is that it's programmable. You can choose to set these up however you want. And as far as the buttons go, I mean, underneath there are things that you can kind of click with your fingers to the sides that felt like it was just, oh, the battery casing's loose. No, that's actually meant to be that way. And then you got your two front triggers. You've got what actually equivalates to being a great smooth mousing experience when you need it. Like when I need a cursor up on the screen, there is essentially a touchpad built in where on your regular controller, you'd have your left thumb pad. Um, and then the right one is similar, but it's got the up, down, left and right square in the middle of it. So it's a little bit more accurate when you need to do those things. And then it's got the regular joystick with the push, the X, A, Y, B buttons and everything, the steam button. It just feels very natural. If you've been playing console games for a long time, this feels excellent. And the fact that it's wireless and uses the uh, its dongle, the wireless on it works great. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting any kind of lag. The whole point of these things, I think, is to be able to set up one of those Steam boxes that you sit in the other room where your TV is and you send the stuff over to it from your computer. 
I haven't gotten there yet, but I think it's something that I'd like to do, but I'd also like to run a wire to my house as opposed to doing wirelessly. Yeah. Because uh, I think that there would be some lag from the way the wireless is set up right now. We're using power line adapters. But overall, I, I want up playing... I wound up playing Portal again, and I was very excited to get further on it because I haven't touched it in years. It's sad when you open up the game, it's like, you played in 2013, dick. Uh, All right. (laughs) And then I played some Marvel superheroes game that plays like the Marvel Heroes games that came out for the Xbox when it first hit, the Xbox 360. Oh, the Uh, Marvel Heroes 2016? Yes, I played that. I've got a bunch of Steam games that I've never touched. Like, I've got all the... uh, the Laura Croft games and the Hitman games that I got from one of those um, humble, bundles. humble bundles. So I have a ton of stuff and it's just been like, yeah, but I'll wait. I'll wait until I have something that I can feel comfortable playing on it. So I got this. This is like 35 bucks on sale. It's normally 50. And uh, I was trying to hit my my free shipping limit when I was ordering some stuff for my wife. And this just happened to land in the cart there. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not an expert gamer, but the whole point of something like this is to make it work for people who are not experts. And I think it works really well. So uh, that's my little hardware recommendation this week. As I see people playing Overwatch, a lot of our friends, obviously, from the network are Overwatch fiends. This would be what it would take for me to get into that kind of game. Uh, It's something where I can play it like it's a console even though it's not no yeah that's the same like i have this uh just a wired xbox controller um this is a rock candy one that i bought for while harvey dent was still working um which he still works but you know he's i retired him basically um and it was for rocket league because that was things like my friends were like oh you need to get you need to get a controller and it's fun, but it also creates the problem of, well, not the problem, but of when I'm playing Rocket League on the controller and then, um, or I'm playing any other game that uses the select or the back button at for something and not just like, oh, it, it, there's no use there. Then I'm like, okay, that's push to talk. I am now, my microphone is now live because I'm on mumble with my friends and I'm sitting there talking. This was back when I had more time and, could actually play games yeah back in my day it was city of heroes all the time and before that it was diablo yeah that was that was my addiction for a good amount of time when aaron and i were first together was diablo 2 just staying up until all hours of the night and and that obviously i don't know how a game like that would play with a controller because it was so much like clicking for different powers but i think it probably would take pretty well and that's that's sort of what I'm wanting to find too. I've got I've got Steam. I've got uh, GOG, is I think the other one that there's games for that I've picked up. Obviously, uh, Origins from EA. There's games from that. So it's trying to see what this system can work with as far as this controller. What else I can do with it, and finding the games for me because I'm a I'm a casual gamer. I'm not yeah. a hardcore anything uh, with that. It's just I don't have enough time anymore. But when I when I get the opportunity, it was nice to come in here and just spend an afternoon playing through for a couple of hours, uh, waiting for the wife to get home because it was just something that I could do and I didn't feel bad about it. And I didn't feel like I was 
up against the wall of like, well, I suck. So now I, I look bad. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I look bad. It's just me playing. Yeah. Portal's a lot of fun. I know everybody's already played the shit out of it and played the second one. And I think I own it too, but it's just a fun game. No, here's, here's the thing. I have not finished Portal. I think I got stuck at like level 17 in there, but I've, I'm, I love Portal 2. Portal 2 is so good. Um, and it's one of those things like I would so play cooperatively with someone through that. And it's just, but it's like, I'm, I know I'm not done. I don't, I don't think, I don't know how close I am to being done, actually. I'm at the part where it's uh, J.K. Simmons' character is doing the narrations and um and stuff like that it's but uh, again i can't play it on this machine that i am currently streaming (laughs) so that's my problem i have oh first world problems yeah uh when i was a teenager one of my best friends had the turbo graphics system and then he got the turbo graphics duo which had the cd rom uh Mm -hmm. which was like new at that point in time that was something that was kind of a new technology and he had these games called East, uh, YS, uh, books one and two. And so you played through the first game and then you continued on. You like flipped the disc over and played the second game. And it was such a great game. It was very evocative of the Zelda games to me at that point. But it was just so much deeper because it could do so much more. And I was like playing an anime. And I was so into it that I beat it at his house over the weekend. And he was pissed because <laughs> I beat the game before he did. And I didn't even in the system. But those games are on Steam. And so I'm just all jazz. I'm like, I can play this now. And I kept looking at my keyboard. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do it. I, I need a I need a controller for this. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the like if you don't hear from me for a couple of weeks, it may be that I'm playing East Book One and Two. Or it may be that we are playing, you know, like some like Jackbox game or something. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing I've been wanting to do is go is buy the jet like the jackbox games and then get like like a bunch of the galactic netcast fan or friends and just have a game night across the world and all that but yeah one i'd say we could call it shut up and play but it's too (laughs) soon soon. well that no we just call it shut up and play when we play cards against humanity right that was the best moment ever all right. So, time for our big discussion. And it is all of the, well, not all, because there's some that are, that are missing out, and it seems like, but a lot of the comics that are, com- that are coming out from Marvel with their Marvel Now launch. Yeah, there was a huge spat of these that hit the airwaves today over on Bleeding Cool. Uh, I think Dan Slott might not be very happy about it <laughs> that all this information leaked. But again, I point you to Hall H. Uh, <laughs> is if you if you want to put this stuff out there at all, it's going to leak around. And in a lot of cases, uh, Rich Johnson may be the one who's going to who's going to show it off. So today we saw quite a few titles, and I focus more on the new titles. Mm-hmm. Coming out, the the things that are the unexpecteds. There's there's some new Avengers series, but we know what Avengers is, and there's there's some relaunches of other things. But in some of these cases, like the first three titles are spinoff characters from the new Deadpool series uh, that's out currently. 
uh, is it Mercs with Mouths or what is it uh, called? The Mercs for Money. Mercs for Money. Yeah. So three of the characters from this series are getting their own uh, titles. So the first one is Fool Killer, and that's being written by Max Bemis, who is a musician, one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, Say Anything is a Real Boy is uh, Say Anything is Max Bemis's band. He's been doing some comics recently, and he started doing some stuff for Marvel in the last year. Uh, he's writing it. And Delabor Talajic, I'm really sorry, man. Uh, I I can't I can't say your name. I would love to. I've never heard it, so that that's me butchering it. But uh, he's going to be the artist on this. The next one uh, in relation to the the book, uh, Solo, is kind of old school character. Is uh, got a series coming out written by. Jerry Dugan and Jeffrey Thorne. Uh, Jerry Dugan, I think, was writing Deadpool for a while, correct? Yeah, he still is. He, he still is. Jerry uh, Jerry with the first Marvel Now wrote with... Um, wrote with Brian Poissane? Yeah, Brian Poissane. And then Brian, Brian Poissane left. And um, Jerry Duggan kept going. He was writing this. He wrote during the Secret Wars. He wrote... Um, the Sheikla or Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a shortage of Deadpool titles for people to write. Yeah. Um, but so he and Jeffrey Thorne are writing this and Paco Diaz is doing the artwork. And then the next one is Slapstick. That's the final one from this group. It is being written by Riley Brown with Fred Van Lente and uh, Mike Norton is doing the artwork. Now this one is is sort of like this one is appealing to me because slapstick is one of those characters that reminds me Marvel had a character for a long time, madcap who may still actually be around. Yes. He he's in the Deadpool and the Mercs. Of course he is. Uh, even though he, he's a, he was out way before Deadpool existed. Um, I like madcap when he had a crossover with power pack, uh, back in the eighties anyways. So Fred Van Lante is, uh, writer whose work I really enjoyed his Archer and Armstrong run over at Valiant. And he's got a new book coming out. I want to say it's called Generation Zero that looks really good. Uh, so his his sense of humor and sensibilities seems really well suited to this. And Mike Norton is a great artist uh, and should be fantastic on this book. So it looks like it will be closer to the the comedy stylings where Solo looks more like a a kind of cool guy, maybe like a Nightwing style version or closer to a Punisher, a lot of guns. These are all have kind of different aspects to them that remind me of Deadpool. So it makes sense that they're getting spun off from a series from him. Uh, but that's the first three titles that we've seen. Yeah, the next one, and there's another one because um, there were some in here that you posted that were other books or that were ongoing books. And one of them is Deadpool and the Mercs for money. Um, continuation, but this one is uh, rocket raccoon. Um, number one. And, um, the writer on here, I believe we talked about a month ago or so. Yes. Matthew Rosenberg is writing this title and he recently, uh, in fact, the second issue just came out of the series. He's the writer on four kids go into a bank, which, uh, I raved about on the show uh, a little over a month ago, 
I think I might even still have it sitting at my desk. Uh, such a great title, great humor, sensibilities. And I mean, Rocket Raccoon has been relaunched a couple of times. Uh, Scotty Young had been doing the book most recently, and then he moved over to Groot and then did a combination of the two of them. Uh, so you need to have somebody who's got a good sense of humor for Rocket Raccoon, but Rocket Raccoon's roots were not funny. So you can kind of go in two different directions with it. It doesn't have to be just comedy and it doesn't have to be as cute as what Scotty Young was doing. So you can go for something that make it feel a little bit more realistic. This might be more uh, going by the cover, at least this looks more in tune with what the movie uh, version of the character is. Yeah. The next one is, um, what's the title of the Unstoppable Wasp? The Unstoppable Wasp. Yeah, this one is, and I believe she's a new character, um, because this is uh, Hank Pym's daughter. From her, um, from his previous marriage before he was married to Wanda. So this is uh, Nadia Pym. You mean Janet? Uh, yeah, sorry. Wanda is, yeah, okay, sorry. So when Tell was really tired? Um, <laughs> this is Nadia Pym, who is not related to Janet Van Dyne and not Hope Van Dyne, who we've seen in the Ant Man movies. This is a completely different character that they've introduced. Uh, but she is a teenage girl that is going to be taking over, or has recently started taking over the Wasp identity, previously held by Janet Van Dyne and previously held by Hank Pym. Still held by janet van dyne as well over in the yeah. comic marvel doesn't seem to hold back from giving multiple people the same identities uh yeah. it's dc a lot of the time either but marvel's but the, really doing it a lot right now the cool thing is that um we have uh jeremy whitley who is the creator of princeless writing this book um and the art is done by um elsa a charioteer and this is her first work with uh marvel yeah she does and, a book called infinite loop yeah and this is and i'm i'm liking this i'm liking that you know marvel where where dc seems like they're going with these same you know tried and true people um to do their stuff which means we're not getting a lot of women working on the books over at dc Marvel's not afraid to do, oh, we got, you know, we got this book. Well, let's get, you know, uh, let's, who, who's got the best ideas, period. Not who's the best guy for this, who's the best girl for this, who's got the best ideas. And if it happens to be a guy, well, okay. if it happens to be a girl, okay. And, and so, they're also, I mean, they seem to be creating titles that do appeal to women uh, or teen girls or just different comic buyers in general and i think that's part of it too is that they're not creating one style of artwork they're not creating one style of book they're trying to do multiple different types of things and that is great and yeah it's not always going to be that they have as many female creators as other times but it's still it's hopeful that they're trying new things and they're bringing in new creators uh from different projects that are outside the company that don't quite stand in the same uh, grouping as what people have expected from Marvel for the last 60, 70 years. Yeah. The next book got the same creator uh, or the same writer on there, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, who wrote um, Four Kids Won't Rob a Bank. 
or four kids walking to a bank um with art done by ben torres the net the book after um chip zadarsky just playing like, did you say the name of the book oh it's uh kingpin sorry yeah kingpin ongoing series uh by matthew rosenberg and ben torres which i i can't imagine is going to be a com- comedic take but yeah uh should be pretty good but what will be a comedic take and a book that's already had been rebooted now twice um and i think the first two books were done by sam humphreys who's a great comedic writer and here now it's going to be taken over by another comedic writer and artist uh star lord number one uh written by chip zadarsky will have art by someone in the future we don't know yet they haven't announced it that i did i, I was scrolling through it first when you when you gave me access to the articles and i'm like all right i could see this whoa chip zadarsky's writing this oh okay cool but, and then yeah yeah i mean zadarsky just recently was doing howard the duck for marvel and it, it will be interesting to see him do something that's maybe a little bit more mainstream obviously uh, as we were talking about earlier, the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie is coming out soon. It makes sense that they would try to give someone who's a high-profile uh, creator a potentially high-profile character uh, book to do. So this should be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Um, the next book is Prowler, which is uh, be, will be written by Sean Ryan and art done by Jamal Campbell. Um Prowler recently has been being used in the Spider-Man books. I think was actually disguised as Spider-Man to help throw off the scent of people who were assuming that Peter Parker and Spider-Man were the same person. Yeah. Uh, Definitely an old school character that it's interesting to see him come back. And also an interesting thing here with this cover is you only live twice. Um, Could be them bringing over some of the, Ult- a little bit more of the ultimate universe here and maybe be bringing over you know uh miles morales's uncle even though that he had is possible him. yeah just me doing rampant speculation um the next one bullseye number one bullseye getting his own his own ongoing title um which i love that cover by the way that's freaking awesome but uh bullseye will be uh, written by ed breeson and art by Gil- uh, guillermo sana Yep, and the cover is by Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, who is in all ways awesome. Uh, certainly one of my favorite creators, going back to when he was doing New Mutants when I was a kid. Uh, but Bullseye presumably is someone that we should wind up seeing in the Marvel uh, TV series on Netflix at some point. It seems very likely because we've already had two seasons of Daredevil. Bullseye is in in most people's opinions, after the Kingpin, the the premier Daredevil villain uh, is, is one of his biggest foils. So it would be, I don't think it would be too presumptuous to assume that he might show up either in Daredevil itself or in the Defenders series uh, that's coming up. Or it could be used in some of these other series. He doesn't necessarily have to just fight Daredevil, but it does make sense that he would be in that shared universe. Yeah, um... I don't know. It's it is an interesting thing with Daredevil or with with that. But the next one, and I've been loving the book that I believe I believe Mike Costa currently writes, uh, uh, Venom Space Knight, and I've been loving that. But it's I can now definitely tell that there's a they're wrapping up 
you know with the story um and also taking away a good hero i've i've in- thoroughly enjoyed venom as a hero i know i'm in the, i'm not in the majority of that because everyone looks at venom as being you know what you see here on the screen with this picture of being you know the the bad guy to spider-man but i like this agent venom that we had you know this guy who's gonna do good or gonna try to do good in the in the universe the flash thompson version versus the original eddie brock version yeah um and there's no telling what this new version if it is a new version what it will be but there's been several incarnations of venom over time and uh just because we're seeing one pictured on the cover doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only one that we'll get or even the real one that we'll get yeah uh, that one's being brought to us by creators mike costa and gerardo sandoval um the next one is you will recognize the writer of this book um pretty quickly um if you paid attention to the movie that the character is from uh this is gamora it's a no- new ongoing um, and this was and it was announced that two years ago that the Guardians of the Galaxy screenwriter Nicole Perlman were, would be writing a comic book or would be writing a Gamora comic book series. And now it is happening. Um, Marco Cecchetto will be was who was an artist on Avengers World and Punisher is um, announced as the is the new artist announced on the book um, as a part of the, the relaunch. Really yeah, this book that. has been a long time coming. Yeah, um, uh, it was announced quite a while ago, and people have been waiting and wondering whatever happened to it. Uh, that's happened to some DC titles too. It's not that unusual for them to announce something and then realize, oh, we haven't quite worked the kinks out yet. We still have some developing to do to get it there. And also, obviously, Nicole Perlman, being a screenwriter uh, who's probably in some level of demand. Um, maybe had some conflicts in time and had to work out when it was the right point to do this. Um, the next one I'm actually going to look up real quick because this, I could be wrong, but, and I'm sorry, I'm on the laptop while I'm looking this up, but Iron Fist's number one, and Fist is plural. I think this would be the... um the return of the writer because it it looks like it's carrying on from the story um that was that was really that they had two years ago i believe there was yeah there was a recent iron fist series by kara andrews uh this is also including the artwork of afu chan uh that finished up and there was the introduction of what is the next generation of the Iron Fist, uh, a young uh, six-year-old girl uh, from East Asia. She's the next Iron Fist, so this is going to be the two of the characters together. It's going to be Danny Rand uh, kind of developing her into the next incarnation of, of this being, which is not terribly dissimilar, it seems to me, from what we got in the Hawkeye series, where we had two generations of Hawkeye between uh, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton. Oh, wait, you mean this Hawkeye book? Oh, did I just segue? The fuck I did? Yeah. Scoot <laughs> over Tom Merritt. Corey could do segues too. Uh, but no, yeah, so this one, and this one is written, will be written by 
Gemini Holograms and current Captain Marvel writer Kelly Thompson. Um, and then Leonardo uh, Romero is the artist. And this is cool because I, where I loved the all new Hawkeye run by Jeff Lemire, I freaking loved the Matt Fraction Hawkeye with him and David Aha and Annie Chu um and loved how that whole thing played out yeah so this is hawkeye number one this is following the cape bishop version of the character uh as, as a west coast avenger is what it labels or labels her as and yeah that was the nice thing about the fraction run is that it for a while it went back and forth where it would do an, an issue about clint and then it would do an issue about kate and we got to see the the two things finally intersect towards the end um, but it, this is a character who's been around for a while since Young Avengers was introduced, I want to say at least 10 years ago. And it's nice to see her finally get her own book. I love the Young Avengers. I wish that was a title that was still coming out. But as long as the characters still exist. Yeah. Um, the Which is great. And we saw her in the, um, what was it, the Astonishing Ant-Man uh, book in for a little bit but the next one is thanos written by jeff lemire and art by mike dio diodato who i think recently most recently was doing um iron man um yeah mike's been doing i mean mike's been around for a long time yeah it's been just a champ in the uh in both marvel and dc and jeff lemire seems like he's got the right headspace to do something interesting with with Thanos. Uh, Thanos is one of those characters that's pretty much, it's been Jim Stalin with the character for years, for, for decades. It's Stalin's Thanos is the presumptive, like real Thanos to people. I mean, if you go back to Jack Kirby, Thanos was, was sort of like he created Marvel's version of Darkseid. And uh, Stalin's the one who took Thanos and gave him a little bit more gravitas when sometimes he would just be used as a, a punching bag of characters that wouldn't quite make sense for what his level of power was. He's running around with the Infinity Gauntlet and getting his ass kicked by Squirrel Girl. Although if you're going to get your ass kicked by somebody, it should probably be Squirrel Girl. Yeah, and then the last book that we have, I don't I don't think anyone's ever heard of this book. You know what? This yeah. book has never existed before. <laughs> well, technically, yes, but, but or, or, you know, or this character, you know, this Jessica Jones, number one, it seems like a risky move here by, by Marvel, you know, with this young up and coming writer of Brian Michael Bendis and an artist of, of Michael G uh, Gatos, sort of deal. Which With cover art by David Mack. I mean, yeah. this, let's, let's face it. This is the original team getting back together and this is what you want to see. People have been wondering why there hasn't been a book starring Jessica Jones with how big her her debut in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been with her own series and how well that did. She hasn't had a series since Alias came out, you know, I think 15 years ago. It's been a long time. She's been utilized, but she's been utilized as, you know, someone who's there with Luke Cage. They have a child together. It this it's nice to see not only that she's getting her due, 
but that it's the original people who made her book and brought her to us in the first place coming back and doing it again. And, and Bendis was very clear. He's like, there are artists that I've worked with and, you know, that I've done things with, with Jessica Jones, but for this title, it just made sense to wait to get these, to get this team back together. And I think this is the kind of thing that shows Bendis at his best. I, his, his Marvel stuff, especially his Avengers things and stuff have been a little hit or miss for me. There, there's elements that I like, but I don't think Bendis shines as well on a, on a team book. I think the smaller books, not small like low sales, but I mean more intimate things like his Ultimate Spider-Man and his Miles Morales stuff works really well. And his Jessica Jones, or originally the Alias book, I think is probably, to me, my favorite thing that he's ever done. And I'm very happy to see this character get brought back in the limelight and get a series again. It'll just be interesting to see how things have changed with her since she is now a mom and a wife. And how do they take what was originally a hard-boiled detective series with some superpowers thrown in and give us the next uh, the next story for her? Yeah, the you are you did leave out some big some big ones um unworthy thor is an is technically a new title yeah it's um, it's technically a new title but it's still it's the odin son yeah. i mean there were things that i just i thought this was more interesting because of the types of characters that they were bringing about yeah and then there's there's a lot a, a lot of the same books are continuing and they're not doing new number ones for them right um so like totally awesome hulk will be at number 15 when this comes out um gwenpool will be at issue seven um uncanny humans and which wow that cover is freaking amazing for uncanny humans and a lot of them have the same uh teams on there like the black widow book is still being done by mark wade and chris samney now wade is also i mean he's splitting off from his all new all different avengers he's doing a new avengers book which is a little bit closer to the classic. And he's doing the spin-off book, The Champions, which has a bunch of the young characters. So the Amadeus Cho Hulk, Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, uh, the daughter of the Vision from the Vision series, which is yeah, kind um, of a spoiler Vivian. thing just to know that she's still alive. And uh, Tyclops, which is the young version of Cyclops. Cyclops. I love that. Um, with Humberto Ramos is, is doing the artwork on that. And he and Mark, obviously they worked together way back when on impulse over DC. So doing a, a younger team focused thing, uh, seems pretty cool. Seems potentially cool. And you can't really argue with the, the popularity of a lot of the characters in that group. It'll just, plus they went with a completely different name. They didn't call them young Avengers. They didn't call them Avengers Gen Next or anything like that. They called them champions, which is a title that Marvel used to own and then lost the copyright to for years. They've mm -hmm. tried a couple of times to bring it back. There was a book called The Order that they did a few years ago that was originally supposed to be called The Champions. But I think this is a great one to to finally get. If you're going to get the right to bring it back, do it with a team that I think will have the, the real push. Uh, people are interested in these characters. People want to collect this book. 
I think you've got a great creative team on it. And yeah, use the champion's name. This, this is the right time to do it. And I'm going to throw out one last one as I was doing searching while you were talking there um, for a limited series that Marvel's going to be coming out. And this could be coming out in October. And this is Cage Number One, uh, written by um, written by Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah, and doing the art. Yes, that I didn't want to say too much about that because I wanted to wait until we could see more than just the one cover because that's been that's another one that's been pitched for a long time. It's been a waiting game to see when this is going to happen. But I am all over that book. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. I've got the. Uh, the marvel has the cover and then a just a page no words no nothing in there and oh sweet christmas this looks awesome yeah um, i mean it's it's just there's no way around it man you, you get the guy who does samurai jack in dexter's laboratory and you say hey why don't you do something with luke cage have some fun with it, it it's gonna it's gonna knock your socks off and it's but it's taken eight years it yeah that's that's again so why weird. I decided not to really talk about it because I don't yeah. want to jinx shit. But uh, here's hoping. Now here's hoping for Hawkeye or Hawkeye number twenty one. Oh wait, that already came out. I can quit right. hoping for that. <laughs> well, that just about does it here for us. I need to scroll. Um, so since Dave's not going to be on here for the rest of the month, um, because you know work, um. It, you know, work for him is really busy right now. Um, he's basically doing full-time work. He actually told me about this stuff. I'm like, good God, man, they treat your, the employees right over there. Um, but Dave, that being said, Dave still, you know, he needs, he needs to help make, he needs to make money with this to keep the ship afloat. He's not making any of the money that you guys give over at Patreon. It's not for him. It's to help keep the ship afloat. So he's not putting money in there. So we're not having to put money in there. Although since I, and I think, do you, you support the Patreon too, don't you, Corey? Uh, I have. And also everything that I've been buying through Amazon, I've been making sure we use so, the link for collecting netcasts. Yeah. So here's the cool part with that. Um, I'm going to hit the Patreon first. Patreon, direct direct support. You know, it's just you, you five bucks a month. There you go. Five bucks. You know, you're, you're, giving, you're giving them a fiver. Um, but the Amazon one, it's 3% of the purchase. So like and it I told, doesn't change the pricing for you. That's important to no. note. A lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to pay 3% more on whatever I'm ordering. That's not the case. It's it's basically it's like a referral program. Mm -hmm. It just helps out the, the network shopping the way that you would normally shop. Just making sure that you use our link. If you go to GNCast.com slash support, you can click the link through there and it will take you onto the page and you'll be able to buy the stuff you need to buy. So, for example, sorry, something is going on outside. I know my dog is inside, but, um, but so this book right here, Preacher Book One, I bought through Amazon. Three three percent of this purchase went to Dave, went to the Galactic Netcast to help keep the ship afloat, and that is cool. Um, that is a really awesome thing. Um. But you can go, you can find all that, all that stuff at gncast.com slash support. It'll have you links and a portal, you know, just put that in your bookmarks, you know, put that in your start tabs to where, you know, when you click it right away, you just go right there and you click into Amazon and boom, you're shopping. You're going to be shopping anyways. Why not throw, throw, throw Dave a little bit there. Um, and you can contact us by leaving a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or email us mail at elsnerds.com. 
and for all other subscription options, they can be found at gncasts.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook group or our Facebook page under Galactic Netcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Elsnerds, the network at Galactic Netcasts. Our producers, Beatmaster and Evan, are at Beatmaster80 and Mr. Underscore Fusion. I'm at that Gregor. Corey, you are at Don't Ask Comics. And where can they can find you out? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't tweet so much, uh, but you can go to donastcomics.com and check out the comics that I help out with. Some stuff I write, some stuff I just do the blog for and I set up and maintain the sites. But it's all great stuff brought to you by Levi Krauss. Uh, it would be the current comic Levi's World. We're republishing the original series. Uh, we've got some other things that are coming up very soon, including this week. Uh, there will be a little surprise because I wasn't able to post last week. You will get a little bit of a of a new fun time to go hit up. And while you're there, you can read the archives, Bowyar and Strobe, and the always fun yet completely confusing Shulk uh, done with our friend Scott Hall. So don'tastcomics.com, great place to go, great comics to read. Yeah, and the final thing that to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Or else. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.